Hey everybody, I'm Chris. I'm Chris. Nope. I'm Steven. <laughs> hey everybody, I'm Chris. I'm Steven. We like board games. And beer. We decided to pair them. We think you should too. Welcome to Table Hops. <laughs> All right, what's up, man? How's it going? What's up, bud? Oh, boy. <laughs> it's been a long week for Steven. <laughs> it's only Tuesday. It's only Tuesday. <laughs> so what's uh, what's new with you? What um, Anything in your life? Uh, well, we survived Hurricane Florence. Yes, we were able to rebuild. Yeah. My deck chair fell over. <laughs> yeah, I think it rained for a solid four and a half minutes. Uh, yeah, it was, it was intense. I was off for four days. Yeah, me too. Me too. They shut down my schools because they made them into shelters, and then yeah. we didn't have school for a week. And, you know, I kind of understand why they did it, and it was kind of a pain in the butt. Uh, but, I mean, I'd rather it be this way than to have a giant disaster and us not be prepared for it. Sure, and, and you know, stuff was, was looking grim at first. Oh, and, yeah. But so. you never know. You never know where it's going to flow. Never know, but it, you know where flow going to go. You, can, you never know. Gave us plenty of times for... <laughs> games and beer though yes we did we uh we we stocked up on hurricane supplies also known as beer and brought in a bunch of games and you had some friends that came in from out of town because they were in the direct path of the hurricane yeah they were in uh, myrtle beach they ended up uh, uh luckily everything was fine when they got home they'd only lost power for about two hours oh good yeah because um, the the storm kind of turned north a little bit and then swooped down but yeah they they, they were all good one of the people that came down actually works at Cape Fear Games. Nice. Um, and they, they're they having a little bit bigger trouble because they're in Wilmington. Wilmington okay. was like right where, where the store made landfall. Oh, so, boy. Yeah. Did they have damage to the store? Uh, the store seems fine. Some products got damaged, but um, okay. could, just because of the rain. I see. You know. Okay. But other than that, they're uh, chugging along. Nice. So, but Very we good. played lots of games. Yes, we did. Um Name a game or two that you played this week that you haven't played before. I uh, played the networks for the okay. first time. I played that solo. What's the like, theme of the networks? You are a, a network executive. Okay. And you are like managing your budget and like your shows and your stars and your ads. So like a social networking kind of, or like a pub PNR kind of. A PNR? Public, NPR? Pu- public relations? No. No. No, no, no. This is a uh, television network. Oh, networks like television. I get it. Okay. Yeah. There, there we go. So um, you're a network executive at a television company, I right? See. And you're managing your primetime lineup. So, okay. <clears throat> so you have time slots and things to fill. You have different time slots, yep. And your shows, you, you're you're procuring different shows. Okay. And you want to put them in their preferred time slots. Wow, right. this seems like a strange theme for a board game. I could see it in a video game almost. It is a little strange theme-wise. Uh-huh. It's very thematic. First of all, okay, um, and it, it it does have a it, think of it almost like like drafting, right? So there's a set of cards out on the board, right, during each season, and you're all competing networks. Yep, you're all competing networks, right. and you're competing for viewers, I right? See. And based on what shows you have, will determine how many viewers you get. Well, you know, some shows will cost you money each season. Okay. Um, some shows require certain things, so they might require a star, right? So a, 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 a star actor. actor. Okay. Yep. Some shows require to, for an ad to be running. So these are all cards that you can draft, mm-hmm. and you're making. Yep. Is it like deck building almost, or? Uh, not really. Okay. No, because um, you only have three slots. 
you only have eight, nine, ten p.m. in the base game. Okay. Um, and so you're you're adding you know these shows in, and then at a certain point you might want to cut a show, right? Okay. It may not be benefiting you anymore because like so most most shows will go for like two seasons, and then their viewership dips pretty significantly. I see. Okay. So you'll take the shows, you'll uh, retire them. And then uh, they no longer produce viewers for you, but at the end of the game, they're worth points based on if you had like similar genres. So mm. if I had three of like sports, right, I get to do certain things. So super cool. Um, I definitely want to play it multiplayer. Yeah, um, but the solo the solo play was super fun. Okay, and you just have like a goal to meet in a certain number of turns or something like that, or uh, in the solo, yeah, in the solo, yeah. you're you're trying to get to two sixty five. I got to to 220 what is, what is 265 viewers 265 viewers that doesn't sound like a lot of viewers well <laughs> it's more than we have <laughs> um so you're trying to get 265 viewers it might okay. be might be thousands might be thousands they gotcha. just count gotcha. as 265 but um yeah i got to 220 and it, it definitely like could see like all right this is how i could have done this better mm, okay i wonder if there's like a, a situation where you'd go 13 episodes into like a really popular sci-fi show and then get get it canceled and then that makes like a cult following and then they make a movie out of it. Does that make you lose the game? Makes you lose life. Yeah, I thought so. Everyone will boycott mm-hmm. you. Yeah, that Literally was a everyone. bad decision. <laughs> um, what did you play? Uh, I have played, I played The Mind with you and your friends. Yep. That card game. I like that a lot. What did you like about The Mind? I liked when, when you started to... Like, okay, so first of all, the way the mind works is you all have a series of cards and you're not allowed to communicate vocally or like with expressions to the other players, but you need to lay your cards down into sequence somehow, right? And so... In a numerical... In a numerical timeline or like number line, basically. But if anyone plays at a, at a number, then you lose a life and you have a limited number of lives. So, for example, if you played a four and... I played a 22, but somebody else had a 16. Mm-hmm. That would make us lose a life. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I think the thing I liked about the game is, one, just sort of figuring it out, and two, it's like it's it's, a, it's like a rhythm game. Once you get the rhythm of the other players you're playing with, mm-hmm. then you get it going. I yeah. feel like you need to play with the same people like three times before you have a chance of winning. Uh, Unless you are, are, happenstancely are simpatico with somebody else. Yeah. I In which case, that. you should marry them. Um, so the, uh, my wife and I and, uh, our friends played it together and we got to like round six or seven, I believe. Okay. Um, Out of eight? Ten. Ten. Oh, okay. Or eight, eight in a four player game. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Um, and, uh, that was after playing it for four or five times. Yeah. Okay. So, but it, it is one of those things where you're like, it makes you want to try and beat it. Absolutely, yeah, and it's simple enough that anyone can join in. Um, but yeah, it's a great party game. Yeah, yeah, it's a good little filler game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I like how it's randomly bunnies in space and ninja stars. Right? There's no reason for There's that. There's no theme. No reason, not at all. Literally zero theme. I don't know why it's called the mind. I guess because you're trying to communicate like with your mind. Well, it's like a mind trick. Right. I guess so. Like after a certain point, like you start to all act as a as a hive mind. Okay. And like you start to understand time with each other. Speaking of games with hive. But anyway, to this. Speaking of games with no theme. Okay. We played Sagrada. That has a theme ish. <laughs> Stained glass. Sure. 
Tell me how many times you felt like you were creating stained glass. Zero times. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> we did it. I love that game, though. It's fun. It's a fun... Um, what 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 kind of dice drafting? Just die, yeah, like just try, dice drafting. Yep. I would I would uh, make it more akin to like an Azul. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Sure. Because Azul is the same thing, right? You have a pattern that you're trying to fill out. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And this is you have a pattern of dice that you're trying to fill out. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that game. I like how um, it's both light and heavy at the same time. Right. Um, it took me a minute to figure out what exactly was going on. And the other issue that's difficult about it is if you're new to the game and you don't completely understand what's going on, you can easily mess yourself up pretty permanently for the rest of the game. Like if you place a certain die somewhere, you're like, whoops. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, the whole rules of like how you can place something adjacent or -hmm. not. Um, and that's what the tools are there for. The tools are there to to help. And that's really neat with those little, um, tokens, the favor tokens, favor tokens. Is it, was there a way to get more of those or is this what you get? It's just what you start with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's, that's all based on the the difficulty of your board. Oh, right. Right. Some, some boards are easier to fill than others. That makes sense. It it seemed pretty fun and balanced. Yeah. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It seems great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, there's no real theme to it. Yeah. It's, it's abstract strategy and, and, you know, sometimes you need that. Sometimes you don't need like a, oh, like, sure. like that's a game where you could easily like have a conversation with somebody else while you're playing it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, now, versus our other big game. What was our other big? Oh, Scythe. Again? Scythe. Oh yeah. Scythe. Yeah. So we've been playing Scythe, which we've played before, but now we're playing it with the rise of Fenris and I'm super excited. But what else did we do? We played a six player game of Scythe. Six player game. Six of player game of Scythe with both expansions. That took forever it did take a long time i felt like everyone played pretty pretty consistently i don't think we were all experienced enough to do the whole top row bottom row thing in six players it got a little confuddled um sometimes we just did yeah i think there was definitely a a lack of attention i think that's with most games of that size too oh like with that many people i agree i agree um not not saying it's a you know fault of the players Mm-mm. but i still think it plays really well as a six player game like like you said we were playing other games that um that were six players like risk and stuff where the downtime's way oh yeah way longer um but yeah it was super fun i did really badly in six players and yeah. i thought i was doing pretty well well and I then think, i just lost it. i think you also went for your typical strategy of run for the factory mm-hmm. and you were taken out of the factory relatively well, quickly that's true I also knew that the factory wasn't going to be worth anything at the end, but I went to the factory first because my objective was to get a factory card and have no upgrades. Right. So I'm like, let me get that out of the way. Right. And I am the only one with the direct path, but maybe that, it didn't backfire. I just, it just took too long, I guess. I spent too much time doing that and should have spread my, sown my oats, sown my wild purple oats. You were green. Oh, I was green. Well... Maybe that was the problem. So you saw, but you saw the legendary box and the broken token insert for the yes. first time. Yes, I did. I'm probably never going to get those. They are way too big. <laughs> it was, it was like a like a one of those Japanese puzzle boxes. Getting it in and out in there, mm-hmm. we had to team up. There was more teamwork in that than there was like playing the game. <laughs> well, Scythe isn't a team game. That's true. That's true. Except when we're trying to beat you, right? So what did you, uh, you, you probably remember what you drank more than I did. New stuff. What did I drink that was new? I got, um, that strawberry milkshake ale. Yeah. It has a weird, like, um, 
50s sci-fi type logo to it. But I had it on draft, and it's much better on draft. And I thought it was really good in the can, but the draft is just like... Hmm. It's a kick-in-your-face strawberry yeah. ale. I'm not a big fan of it. Really? I love it. Yeah. I love it. I, I it's, think it's currently the big... It's the big thing right now. It's like when, when uh, banana bread... When uh, was it Wells or whatever banana bread oh, yeah. came out? That yeah, was huge. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's a novelty thing, though. It tastes like a strawberry milkshake. My best beer that I had over the, the weekend was... The Omnipolo Dippa. Oh, okay, yeah. You brought a crawler of that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. It was good. So good. It was nice and uh, nice and smooth. It wasn't like, you know, like it was a Dippa. Right. But it wasn't like, I'm going to rip your eyeballs out. Sure. Kind of Dippa. Sure. No, no. And I've noticed that, like, and I think I mentioned this before, even though they call them doubles and triples, they, they tend to smooth them out a lot. Oh yeah, like they're not uh, abrasively hoppy. They're they're hoppy, but it's in a good way. Like they yeah. balance they balance them still. Speaking of hops, did you see that news article today? Mm-mm. So Benchtop had hops helicoptered in from Oregon. What? Yeah, that sounds amazing. So um, there was a uh, <laughs> UPS mm-hmm. picked up the uh, or the the hops flew to. Tennessee, it's wherever UPS's world port okay. is, which I think is Memphis. Okay. Um, and then they helicoptered them in from Memphis to here. Wow. There's this whole article talking about like the freshness of it and like, because these were all picked yesterday. That's nuts. And they got them today. Yeah. Wow. Well, they won recently, I think it was a local beer award for best IPAs and stuff of some sort. Yeah. So, they're, so, they, so they brought them in today, right? And... They took a whole bunch of photos and stuff. Yeah, but did someone rappel down covered in hops? How cool would that be? No, like he a went, gully suit. He, he full had of to hops? go. He had to go to the airport. Oh, they went to the airport with a with a big like storage van. Oh right? boy, and it's like a heist. It's right, like a hop heist. Right off the helicopter into his van. Oh boy, and then you got to brew it right away. Yeah, it's gonna so be they, the they, freshest. They took it back and started brewing with them right away. So. I'm excited for that. We'll see. Yeah. Apparently, you know, they always come come out with like experimental stuff mm-hmm. um i don't know if you had did you have their kvass they had with pumpernickel yeah, bagels I didn't, I didn't like that you didn't like it Mm-mm. i thought it was pretty good i didn't like it but i mean I, it's interesting that they use a local bagel dashery for their yeah. kvass I they, just, they it's not that, my style of beer i guess they had that beet berliner yeah that was okay um that was okay and they do a bunch of weird stuff and i i i, I support that entirely yeah, absolutely i think it, it was just very interesting that they used like they went that far Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I can't think of any local brewery that's done something that crazy. Shipping fee. Oh no. <laughs> right. Well, that's a lot. But I mean, look at it. Right. It right. got it got impressed out of it. Yep. You know what I mean. Right. When that beer comes out, everyone's gonna buy it. Everyone's. Gonna, I'm gonna buy it. Yeah. Yep. I just want to. I taste some helicopter hops. <laughs> they should call it that. <laughs> they should call it that. Yeah. We'll, we'll plug that in there. But um, yeah. What else did I have that was new? Um, I had. What did I do? Uh, I went to O'Connor's not too long ago and had their uh, Yanni IPA with their Laurel Hops. That's oh, yeah. That whole play on that. That was good. It, that was a really good IPA. I actually liked it quite a bit. Um, they haven't made a super solid one after El Guapo and the Moy Guapo, but this one I think stood on its own pretty well. Yeah. Uh, there was another one I had there that was like a... Uh, it was part of their... Um, grain series it was like a it had a little tartness to it it was like a belgian with like some sort of lemony business going on hmm. and that was really good they've been 
like crushing the saison market. They have all these saisons right now. They have like a season they do in the summer where it's mm-hmm. just different saisons every week. Yeah, and they had a hibiscus one that was really good. Yeah, they have a lot of beers. Yeah, they've changed their format a little bit. They used to be they have their six. I think six flagships. Yep. And then they release a bomber a season of a special type, like right. their Punkle Vice or whatever they do. And then they do uh, their uh, Maybach in the spring. And then they, they have a one for season. Colch, now, yeah. Now they do that grain series is half their board. Yeah. Where they just do six different random beers, I think, every month. Yeah. Because I get um, that think tank thing. I, every Thursday, I can go in and try a new beer. I don't usually because I'm busy, but I can. Um, they, they they release them off enough. That I get, always get an email. Come in today, try this. Yeah, I just thought it was like. I mean, there had to have been twenty plus beers on that board. That's pretty nuts for yeah. Now that I think about it, that's crazy. That's a lot. Yeah. Um. The the other thing I've noticed from them, and I don't know if this is like going to be a permanent thing, but they got out. They stopped doing bombers. They're only doing six packs of their. They're doing six and fours. Yeah. Six, yeah, and can yeah like cans, um of their things, but they're going to do everything else like the grain series stuff in just the crowlers really yeah because i do that think tank thing like i mentioned and it used to be you get this number of bombers a year mm-hmm. and now it's all crowlers there's no bombers on the even as an option i wonder if that is if people would look at bomber prices and wouldn't get them well a bomber is like what usually around 15 bucks yeah yeah and a crowler maybe a couple bucks less not a lot less well but i think it's just like the like you know your bombers are these are packaged mm-hmm. we have to use them as packaged right okay so i think because we just said that like, they're doing so many crazy different beers now like they're trying to release yeah. as many that the crowd is just the cheaper way to go it yeah, just makes more sense exactly why why produce it why am i going to package it right and when you could just do it in-house and then in three months when no one's bought it. Mm-hmm. I then have to either slash the price or whatever. True. You know? And, and to, uh, also, to be fair, I love O'Connor's. And I love their beer, but I go there to drink the beer. Rarely do I go out and hunt down a, a specific bottle of them when I can get a bottle from somewhere else to drink at home. Okay. I'll yeah. get growler fills there and bring it home, but usually bombers and stuff, I'll get something that I couldn't normally find. I And the only time I ever drink O'Connor's when I'm not at O'Connor's is at either a hockey or a baseball game oh for their um their their, their walk-off coach and their mm-hmm. hat trick ipa yeah well, hat trick's awesome yeah i love that one hop trick hop trick that's right yeah um that's... but yeah it's, it's 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 just interesting you know how how the uh the the game is changing a little bit you know oh, yeah well People... it does season to season and we're right at that point where the weather's going to start getting colder all the pumpkin shit's already out i honestly get really pumpkin out at this time of year all the pumpkin ales. I it, it gets into a dark season for me since it's porters and stouts literally everywhere. Those I like the porters and the stouts. I understand, but I don't like. I mean, I like pumpkin beers too, but maybe two a year, and that's all I need. Well, sure, but yeah, you know, you got to cater to people that aren't you. Unfortunately, yeah, they need to change that. I think that's the problem. Well, it's just the whole thing, right? Where people think that stouts and porters are winter beers because. Not necessarily. I mean, yeah, but they're not necessarily. They're not. Yeah, they just look darker. Right, but pe- people associate that. And then True. The, the breweries respond with, right. here we go, mm-hmm. right? Like, when's the last time a stout was released in the summer? Coffee stouts are usually... Are, are so, Coffee stouts are just year-round. 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 Yeah, I can't think of any time when a... Yeah, I can agree with that. Whenever a big stout release happens, it's wintertime. Right, it's cold. It's colder, yeah. You know, because people are like, oh, I need a, a 
full hearted beer. Right. You know, one beer style that I've never, like I've tried to get into it. I just can't is those rock beers. Really? I can't. Like, they just taste like ashtrays to me. I had a rock beer from strange ways. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was strange ways. And I had that, like that, like overwhelming smoke flavor at first. Right. But then a couple like sips in it, it smoothed out. Yeah, I, 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 I've had other beer styles that have a little bit of that peaty smoke business mm-hmm. to it, but I find most rock beers I have are like way over the top. Like that is what they're going for. Yeah, which is fine. I guess some people like that. But yeah. now, is is that a like a a flavoring they're adding in, or is that from the? I don't know how they make them. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, no idea. That'd be some something neat to look at. Yeah, interesting. Ooh, you know what we could do? We could do a new segment called Weird Beer Facts. Where we look up something and actually know what we're talking about <laughs> before it happens. That would require us to do work, Chris. It would. It would. I looked up all the sour stuff after we talked about it because I didn't understand how sours are made. But that was after. That was after. Because you, your conversation <laughs> interested me. I'm sure all our listeners are Googling right now how to make a rock beer. Both of them. <laughs> yeah. You and I. We're, I'm going to look it up. We did it. Uh, how about that Roots game? I didn't get to play Root. 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 Not Root. a LeVar Burton. <laughs> so Root is a asymmetric strategy game. Asymmetric for those people who can't figure this out. Uh, asymmetric means that each player has different things to do, right? A different objective. A different goal for the game. Yeah, not all the time. It just depends. In this game, every uh, everyone has the same objective. Get 30 victory points. Okay. All right? But the way they go about it. But the way that you get there is immensely different in this game okay so i've seen in other asymmetric games where you know someone might have like different powers you know if they're playing like a different superhero right um or if they're like playing a different class of hero right like you might have different powers based on that but this is each race has a completely different board completely different setup completely different way you play the game wow um so I'll talk about the base game because that's what we played. Okay. So in the base game, it plays two to four players. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's four different races that are, right. that, are, or, that are playing. The first is the Marquis de Cat. Okay. <laughs> so these are the, the cat folk. And they, are, uh, they're, they, they own the forest, basically. I see. So they start off the game with pieces in every space on the board except for one. Oh boy! Yeah. Okay. Um, and the way that that they want they, the way that get they get victory points is by crafting and like doing resource management and things like that. Okay. Get so, the engine rolling. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's their big thing, right? Okay. Is resource management and engine building, infrastructure, and that kind yep. of thing. Yeah. The second one is, are the the Iries. Okay. Are the bird folk. Bird folk. Yep. Um, and they are all programming. Tell me what programming is. So programming is if you, um, I know that I want to do, like, I want to move this piece here. I want to build this here and I want to attack here. Right. Okay. So I'm going to play cards that will fit into those categories. That's how programming works in this game. Programming could also be like, I'm going to lay out three cards, right? And one could be a move, a turn, and a turn. Right. Okay. Think of like programming like a robot. Right. So if I, if I tell the robot to move forward, right, then somebody else tells it to turn. Somebody else tells it to move forward, right? Yep. So you're programming something, and then 
once everybody plays all their programs, it runs. So is it kind of like just playing moves ahead, sort of? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, in in root, mm-hmm. you you have a uh, the the Eries have a board, right? Okay. On the top of the board are the various actions that they have. Okay. So one is recruiting, right? One is moving. One is building roost, and one is battling. Okay. Right. And you play cards to those different actions, and the cards have a symbol on it. Whenever you go to take that action, you have to do every single card in that action. If I play a mouse card okay. on the recruit space, but I don't own a mouse place, I can't recruit. So you could mess yourself up. You can mess yourself up pretty dramatically. I yeah. see. And so what you end up doing is if you can't take an action, you have to go into decline, you lose victory points, um, and it resets everything. So okay. then you're back down to just two basic actions. So basically, if you're playing the programming, you're kind of looking at what everyone else is doing, and you got to program your path ahead of time. Yep, exactly. And okay. you have to remember that, like, you know, like the building, right? Mm-hmm. You can't build where you've already built before. Oh, boy. So you have to think about that ahead of time. When we play Root, I should not be those people. Correct. Right. Yep. When we play Root, you're going to play as the Woodland Alliance. Tell me them. Tell me more. So the Woodland Alliance, uh, they are everybody else besides the Marquita cat and the Eries, right? Okay. So the birds and the cats are battling each other. Right? I see. The Woodland Alliance is everybody else. They're just kind of neutral. They're trying to overthrow everybody else, and they want like everybody to live in harmony, right? By killing everybody. By killing everybody, I correct. See. <laughs> Their big thing is they place sympathy tokens. So the sympathy tokens, they get to place, uh, at the beginning of the game, you get to place one anywhere. Right? Okay. And then going forward, they have to be adjacent. Okay. But what happens is they then gather supporters for different regions. And once they have a certain number of supporters in a region, they then pop up a base. And then that base becomes like their base of operations where they can recruit and build and and do all that. Unlike the other two, which basically have that already set up for them. Yep. Exactly. Um, So the, uh, the Woodland Alliance is area control. What kind of animals are they? All different types? They're, they're foxes, they are mice, they are... Uh, Warthogs? Sure. Velociraptors? Uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> awesome. Um, so their big thing is area control. So they want to control as much of the map as possible, and that's how they gain And at the points. beginning, most of the cats are everywhere. Correct. So you've got to take over them. Yep, I exactly. Say. But watch they, out for them programming birds. Yep. Um, and then the last character, which mm-hmm. is the one I played, was the Vagabond. Okay. So the Vagabond's an interesting character where wherein normally characters can only move between clearings, right? Okay. The Vagabond can actually move through forests. So they can move like in between spaces, basically. Oh. Now, are they humans? No, the Vagabond is a raccoon. Trash pandas. Yes. <laughs> I see. Um, and so their their big mechanic is giving players cards after they craft an item. So the items are then used by the Vagabond to do their actions. So they get to go exploring. They get to complete quests. So they do things based on what other people have done? Correct. Yeah. They react to things. Yep. They, um, <clears throat> so say that you as the Eries, right, mm-hmm. crafted a lantern, right? Okay. That lantern would allow me to go exploring, hmm. right? And exploring typically would give me... Uh, will allow me to complete quests and get more items and stuff. Okay. So I give you a card, right? Mm-hmm. You have to give me the item. That's okay. just that's just how it works because you have no use for the items. Right. 
Only I do. Okay. Um, so I give you the card, you give me the item, and then I get to use the item to, to do my actions. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. And then at the beginning of each turn, I get to refresh three items. Oh, that sounds neat. Like, I'd like to play it, and it sounds like a game I'd like to play multiple times, try all the different classes out. Yeah, and there's a lot of replayability just because everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Um, the expansion adds two more races as well. Again, just asymmetrical weirdos that just come out mm-hmm. of nowhere. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of weirdness. Like, when we first played it, it was very hard to learn. We played this at Gen Con for the first time. I see. It was very hard to learn. And even when they brought it over to your place, you're like, was it weird to pick up and start again? You had to no. refresh yourself? It was pretty no. easy. Once you get it, you get it. Once you get it, you get it. But each, you know, like I said, each race does their but you own gotta, thing. you have to get each race. Yeah. Okay. It's very similar to, like, in Scythe, where mm. each each faction has their own mech abilities, right? right. And they each do something a little bit mm-hmm. different. A much larger scale where you're playing almost a completely different game. Right. Inside right. of the same game. Huh. Gotcha. So very interesting, very cool. Um What would uh, you give it out of ten? Or is it too early to tell? I've only played one complete game. Okay, so, so not too early to tell. Yeah. Um but I am I did pre order my own copy. It should be here in a couple weeks. Oh, we cool. can, we yeah, like check it out when you when you get it. Together. Yeah. Okay. Here's a game that I played recently that totally surprised me. It's not fantastic by any means, but I was expecting it to be god awful. Is the Uncharted board game? Oh boy. Okay, let me let me explain. Right. So in the Uncharted board game, it's it's really more of a card game, right? Okay. And and what you do is you have a character, and you're trying to complete. Um, you're trying to get through this deck of cards, and the deck is treasures and enemies, right? Okay. So you have to collect treasures and action cards to be able to deal with enemies that show up and gain victory points. Whoever gets the most points wins. Okay. Pretty basic. All your action cards in your hand, and they all cost a certain number of discards. So you have to decide, Okay. oh, if I want to attack this turn, I have to discard my move card. Because sure. it costs one. It's one of those type of sure. costs. Uh, that's very bare bones. The thing that surprised me was there's like four or five variants in the book for this silly little cheap uh video game based game Hmm. and they're all pretty neat like one of so the base one is you're all explorers and you're trying to collect the most victory points checking out this island Mm -hmm. if you play the more advanced way on the other side of the player cards is like um advanced character triggers that like if you have certain card layouts or if you have certain health points you get new abilities Hmm. so it's like an advanced version of the same thing right then they have player deathmatch where you're all on the island together, but you're trying to kill each other. Oh, interesting. And then they have the solo version, where it's a survival, see how many enemies you can kill. Right. And they have random boss cards that you shuffle in there. Gotcha. So the gameplay is actually pretty solid. I think it didn't really have to be an Uncharted game. I mean, I've, I don't know anything about Uncharted because I never play, I don't have a PlayStation, mm-hmm. but um, it could have been any other type of adventure game. Gotcha. And it runs really well, and it's pretty clear, and I was surprised. On that similar vein of, like, games that have a lot of modes, mm-hmm. Tiny Epic Zombies has five different modes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, oh, goodness. So there's a solo mode. Okay. Um, there's a competitive survival mode. Okay. There's a co-op survival mode. And then there's a um, competitive and co-op 3v1. So oh, boy. Where one player plays the, the zombies. zombies. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that sounds fun. That's a lot. That sounds a lot like a variant of the game. Oh, not Game of Thrones. Uh, Walking Dead risk, where someone can be the zombies. Okay. And, and that's again, that's a game you should maybe check out one time. It's the least. It's not really risk, but it's it's a neat game. Yeah. 
it just takes the combat from risk and then yeah yeah um i do like games that have a lot of variants though like different ways to play yeah and other things like even just um advanced versions of the same game yeah you get good at this hey try this try adding this yeah. and then it pumps it up and and to me like solo solo is like my first like addition like mm-hmm. if i can play a game solo great right variants on top of that are are just you know icing on the cake right uh the one thing i noticed component wise about the uncharted game is it's made by a jap it's made by bandai right uh, and it has a japanese uh, uh game designer and stuff and i've noticed from asian games of uh, a lot of their game presentation has like really super glossy pieces and like not like the board is is very shiny and stiff and the cards are not cushioned at all and they're all like that super glossy kind of almost like photo paper kind of stuff. So I don't know if we want to get into this or not. Okay. But um, there are really three unique component areas. Okay. Right. So there's China, mm-hmm. who is really good at boards. They're really good at like miniatures, okay. plastic pieces. They're really good at meeples. They're terrible at cards. Okay. There's Europe, mm-hmm. who's really good at cards, really good at like um, those recessed, so like the scythe boards. You know, okay. those are those like are the, like, curg- uh, the the cardboard layered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really good at those, and they're really good at boxes. Okay, fantastic, but not at so boxes. good at not so good at miniatures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not so good at meeples. Mm-hmm. They're okay with boards. They're not the best, but it's just a board. Right. It's just a board, right? And then there's America. Mm-hmm let's get y'all to do it right (laughs) you know america has has come a decent way with cards yeah and i think that's just because i I think i think i would argue that the american playing card company has the best cards probably in mass production sure there are artisan cards that you can get from other countries but they're they make like 100 decks a year right sure but for from a board game standpoint yeah okay the American playing card company just does playing cards. Right. They don't do board game cards. Mm-hmm. You know what company has really good cards? Game Right. Game Right typically has pretty good cards. They're yeah. they're European, so that would make well, sense. Well, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> I thought they were American. And I'm pretty sure pretty sure most of their stuff is produced in Europe. Okay. Um and, Well they have awesome cards. Yeah. Who else uh the mind had kind of crappy cards. Yeah. And that's they were they were that similar super glossy Dollar Tree yeah. playing cards. Yeah. Um, oh, that was the other thing I was going to complain about the Uncharted game. All the artwork is just stills from the games. Yeah. So it's this pol- what do you call it? Like pol- polygonal, polygonal kind of characters and. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they had to cut money somewhere. Oh yeah, sure. Like, li- licensing for those types of games are super expensive. Right, but I don't think that sold them anything. Yeah. <laughs> Something interesting. Yeah. So I don't know how how much you played this as a kid. Mm-hmm. But growing up, we played the Star Wars RPG, like oh, pretty pretty significantly, okay. right? So, uh, fun fact: they just came out with their 30th anniversary Final Fantasy or Final Fantasy Fantasy Flight. Okay, just came out with the 30th anniversary edition, which is a straight reprint of the original book. Oh wow! All the original art, all the original what? mistakes in the book. They didn't, oh, change, they didn't anything. change anything. Yeah, they just picked it up That's and reprinted. It. Then it, they ha- they have like another like they have a flourished book that comes with it, which is like updated a little bit. Okay. Um, but the cool thing about this is that it was all based on six sided dice. 
Oh, neat. Okay, that's, like that's uh, all you, fudge and gurps and all those guys. Yeah, but these are just standard six-sided dice. And that yeah. was all you needed. Okay. You didn't need a D4, a D8, right. a D, you know, then you need all these fancy dice. You could just go grab the dice out of Monopoly and just, yep, and and just, just play, play with those, right? which is kind of neat. Um, anywho, the company that originally made that, and the name is... Okay. Right over top of me right now. Yep. Um, they originally made that. They bought the licenses for Star Wars... For a hundred thousand dollars, that seems very cheap. It's extremely cheap, right? Now this, this came is before Disney, way before Disney. Yeah. This, this is in the eighties. Oh, this is okay. So they own okay, but this was after the original trilogy had completed, right? Right. So Star Wars was kind of dying out. It it, it, still, it ran its course. At that it point. still had its core fans. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. But it wasn't like pop culture, right? Okay. Um, and so they beat out another company. Who bid to LucasArts for seventy thousand? Okay, right. And LucasArts said, "Well, there's this person paying us one hundred thousand. Here we go, right?" Yeah, yeah. And so they went and they got like the first, um, the first drawings of like the uh, the ATAT. Mm-hmm. They had the uh, you know the first drawings of all the lightsabers and all that. Oh, and they cool. were the like first the concept art kind of stuff. Yeah. Wow. But then they took that and put it into the game. Oh, what? Wow. And, that's super neat. You know, imagine the time before the internet, right? Where yeah. you couldn't look up stuff. No. So people were buying this just as like an art book. Right. And now um, it's reprinted? And now it's been reprinted. Yeah. <sighs> it's super great. Um, the game was super fun, too. It yeah. was just like. I love RPGs. Yeah. I don't play them enough, but yeah, they're, they're the, super fun. They're just pick up and go. You know, you, you, you roll six dice and, and you know, these, these are your abilities. Mm hmm. And uh, it was it was one of those games that you know that was probably the first game that I played outside of Monopoly, you know. Okay. But that was like the first game that I played that led into the life of despair that I'm in. <laughs> All right, great. So it, that was your that was your introduction to what we now call board games besides like monopoly and besides monopoly and like sorry and all that you know what i would call classics sure right um parker brothers by the way Mm -hmm. my favorite classic game Mm -hmm. is aggravation that's not the no that's perfection with the shapes what's aggravation which one aggravation is the one with the marbles where you're going around the sorry-esque board oh is that's not the tilty one is it no 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 aggravation you had um Imagine like a like an asterisk, okay. Right? And you your pieces were little marbles, okay. And they went around this board. It was just a roll and move, right? Okay. Um, but the uh, the cool thing was is that you could like double and triple jump, so you could set up your pieces right to where they were stacked next to each other, and uh-huh. then your third piece could jump oh, over. Oh, yeah, that sounds kind of cool. Um, it was super fun. It was just like just a, it's just what it is. Yeah, my my. Uh, my I don't si- think I've ever played aggravation. Really, my maybe si- it's the title that turned me off. <laughs> <laughs> you were also in Canada. I don't know if it was in Canada. I don't know. We had sorry. 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 We had sorry. <laughs> oh, I have a picture to show you later. I went to uh, um, Five Below, and they had a song, a, a game called No Apologies. What's No Apologies? It's sorry. But it's called No Stop. Apologies. <laughs> Is it? I wish it was Nirvana themed. <laughs> or that would be all apologies. That's a game you don't even play. I'm showing Chris the aggravation board. And you look and see there's stars in the middle, mm-hmm. and those were shortcuts, so you could uh, shortcut through the board. That sounds fun. Um, but then you also needed those to you needed to control uh, so many. I can't remember. I think it was three of them. You had to control three of them to win the game. I see. Game, oh, yeah, game was Good. super fun. So other than the classics, right? Star your, Wars your, RPG. Your gateway game was the Star Wars RPG, and that was only because 
my best friend growing up, his his dad was super into RPGs. Okay. Like, he's the one that I still play that uh, that ongoing D&D campaign oh, with. Oh, right, right. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, with me, my favorite classic game is Clue. Still is. Love Clue. Um, and uh, we also played a ton of Sorry. Uh, growing up, around when I was like 9 or 10, so like in 1805, we... <laughs> We had, uh, my grandpa got me the, the D&D box set, like the old school. The starter set? The starter set. Old, basic D&D. Mm-hmm. And I played the shit out of that. Yeah. And I played with my whole family. We all played D&D. And that was, that was what got me into gaming, I think. Gotcha. Uh, after that, we always, we always had a game night, like my family. Like, mm-hmm. it was like Friday night or something. We'd just have a game. Yeah. And so we'd always, we'd end up with a lot of games on our shelves. 13 Dead and Drive was a big one. Uh. Nothing too heavy, though. You know, we played a few game right games. So, yeah, I feel I've been playing like board games and stuff my entire life, but more of the lighter, fun stuff. We played a lot of card games. Okay. Like as a family. Um, we played, uh, what's that, Five Kings. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, stuff like, like that. Rook, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Then again, to my teenage years. Mm-hmm. An old boy. Oh, boy. Okay. This drug called Magic the Gathering. Oh, no. <laughs> Yep. Took over my life. Okay. For a solid two years. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. I was in middle school, and I got my fourth edition uh, first uh, starter deck, and then an Ice Age came out. This yeah. was a long time ago. <laughs> but, yeah, I played a lot of that. But that was, that was um, it was different playing Magic then than it was now, right? Like, you, there was no internet, at least when I was growing yeah. up. So we had to get those scry magazines, look up prices and deck lists mm. and stuff. It was just... Well, you just... And, and the other thing was is that you... You just trusted the shop. Right. 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 If you want a single, you bought it from the shop. Mm-hmm. You know? You just hope that was it. Yep. Yep. I took I took a, a couple years off of Magic because I got into a different hobby. Okay. Called Mage Knight. Oh, boy. You just go for the expensive stuff, don't you? <laughs> I don't know what it was, man. Like, I saw Mage Knight, and I'm like, man, this is cool. I played That's a couple cool. games of it, and I was, like, really into it. But I was really into... I think it was called Mage Knight Dungeon. Okay. It was the dungeon crawl version Ooh, of Mage Knight. Ooh, that sounds fun. So instead of it being like player versus player, right, okay. you took like a group of people down through this dungeon. Mm-hmm. And you would like collect treasure chests and stuff like that. Oh, nice. And, but even the treasure chests were, were random. Like you would close it and there would be a dial on the side and you would turn wow, it. Wow, that sounds yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, it was super nice. fun. Um, I played Mage Knight for a while. Mm-hmm. That led into Warhammer. That's another expensive one. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. We went with the cheap stuff. In my mind, well, at that point, it was expensive. But after the D&D stuff, I started playing D&D with my friends, and that led into World of Darkness RPGs, played all of those. And then we played Hero Quest for Hero Quest, and what's that other horrible one with the VHS? Dragon Strike. Dragon Strike. Dragon Strike. Um, We played that. We played uh, not Hero Clicks. Hero Escape, Hero Escape, the hexagon one. Yep, that yeah. one. Yeah, we played that quite a bit. Um, but yeah, that kind of that that was basically those kind of things. We played BattleTech a lot. I had a bunch of friends in, in high school that we played BattleTech. Yeah, uh, the old FASA one. And then from there, it just sort of kept going. What 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 would you consider like your first modern hobby game that you bought? Besides like collectible card games like Magic the mm-hmm. Gathering, I think I was more into RPGs. I didn't really. Th- I don't really think I had like a board game one that I they can think of what about you the first <laughs> first board game okay that i bought i still to this day have it i still have it okay. yeah <laughs> but i i don't dread playing it but it's just not as enjoyable for me anymore okay betrayal 
Oh, Betrayal. See, that's where we have our age difference in Betrayal. Because I didn't know about Betrayal until EB told me about it. I've played Betrayal at least 1,200 times in my life. I think I've played it 12. <laughs> yeah. Um, we played that game so much. So you beat it into the ground. Yeah. You're just kind of done with it. What about the Baldur's Gate one? Is it not different enough? It still feels the same. Feels like, the same? Like the, Are you worried about Legacy? Do you think that would revitalize you a little bit in that? Or do you think it'll be more of... I'm going to get it and play it. I don't know... I think it's one of those things where I'm I'm worried about the legacy aspect of like having to play it over and over again. Yeah, you know you're I mean? like, oh, what have I d- dived into? But at the same time, it's like I'm gonna get it. <laughs> <laughs> you already took my money. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just it's one of those, one of those games where we played it so much. Like, yeah, I we, never we would, played it very we, much. We would do back to back sessions. Wow, like we would be up to like four in the morning. I playing guess Betrayal. I can understand. And that. we played it with everybody. We played it with. You know, friends, parents, we, you know, played it with family. We played it with everybody. It's a great game, but I can understand you getting tired of it. Yeah, it was super great for the first two and a half years I played it. Right. But you have to understand, like, in my teenage years, that was it. Like, Mm -hmm. that was the only, like, boxed board game that I had. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Like, we we didn't, you know, besides, like, Aggravation and Sorry and stuff. Like, that was the only, like, hobby board game we had. Right. I think the only, okay... I guess the only other hobby board game I had that me and my friends had multiple sets of was Battletech. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's probably what it would be. Yeah. Um, like, we started with the little cardboard cutouts that they have and the little right. peg stands, and then we eventually got the little miniatures. Yeah. I we never ba- got into the, the the board building. Like, we just used the maps. I think Battletech is a little bit different because you are, like, you're actually, like, there's a lot of, A, there's a lot of luck mm-hmm. involved in it, right? Sure, yeah. And B, it's just a death match. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? There's... I mean, we played City Tech where there's objectives, but the objectives are murder everybody. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's, But there's no, like, there's no, like, tactics. Like, like, oh, no, there are back. plenty of there's tactics. There's tactics. There's no, like, strategy, right? Like, there's tactics to where, like, like I I want to try and hit this guy right, yes. for, for this much damage and protect myself from damage in the back, right? Mm-hmm. There's no, like, overarching strategy of, like... Oh, for the... No. I can see what you're saying. There's no end. There's no like long game right. to battle tech. It is who's closest to me. Who am I going to shoot? Yeah. yeah. And we did play with multiple mechs. So you do have to kind of put that into perspective, like send your little guys running around the side and stuff. And yeah, and we played with infantry a couple times, but even then it's just, who can I never die? liked the infantry. It was, they seemed a little, I just step on them. <laughs> they tried to, ma- they tried to make the infantry. Do you remember the mech warrior? Mm-hmm. That was the, the, the clicks based yes. game. I didn't play it, but I know what you're talking about. That game was expensive. Well, all these games are expensive. It, it's a hobby, like yeah. anything else, you yeah. know? But um, you you love Betrayal. I do. But I can see... But I've only played it about a dozen times. Yeah, and that blows my mind. Like, for me, like... Well, I didn't buy that game until its second reprint for my birthday that one time in Williamsburg. I've played it not a whole lot of times. Yeah. I've had that game for 13 years. Hmm. Yeah. Just, I didn't, it, I didn't know about it. It's a different thing. I never heard you know about what I mean? it. I had a very tight group of friends, mm-hmm. right? And so we were always hanging out. Yeah. Like, it took a lot for you to be able to come into our group of friends. Oh, yeah, sure. Know? Yeah, I get it. And we all we all really enjoyed it. And we were all like, let's play let's this play game. That. Let's, let's play, play that. Let's play it, play it, play it, play it. Yeah, and then also you have that adolescent mentality of the repetition thing. Yep. When you get in your, your uh, routine. We also had a lot of like... Um, <laughs> Baja Blast. (laughs) We had this really weird rule. Okay. Right? Where when we played back to back sessions, if um and 
I think everyone kind of house rules it, where if you if we got a haunt that either A, we didn't want to do, yeah. or B, that we had already done, we would we would basically go back. So we would say, what was the last omen in the last room? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Because there are rules in the book that tell you what to do in those situations. Yeah. But, yeah. I haven't even played all the ones of the base game. All the scenarios. I'm pretty sure I played all of them. Yeah, there's, what, 50? And there's 50 in the expansion. I yeah. like the stories of the expansion ones. I feel the gameplay isn't and isn't are... nearly where the first game was. No. Baldur's, great is, uh, Baldur's Gate is great. Like, I like... Um, I think you like the theme of that one a lot. I like the theme of that one. I, I honestly like the Haunted House theme a little bit better, but I find, like, there's a few more game elements in the Baldur's Gate one, like the character abilities that uh-huh. are different, yeah. you know? I find that the... Um, what do you call them? The, the haunt cards or the... Encounter cards. Oh, the encounters, yeah. Yeah, they're a lot more varied. Sure. In the Baldur's Gate one. Sure. The doors are a little wonky to me still. Oh, the colored doors. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't have to... I don't know. Yeah. But it's, it's what it is. So what was your... I guess you didn't have a first boxed game. First boxed hobby game. I remember being really excited to open. It wasn't a box hobby game, but it was a big box game. It was uh-huh. that Siege, Weapons and Warriors. I was so excited. That was my big Christmas present that year. I lost so many of those balls down the drain. I think I hit my cat once. Jeez. Yeah, it was great. I love it. Yeah, that game it. was fun. I enjoyed playing that a lot. It was, but it was one of those games where it took up a lot of space. Oh, yeah. You know? It's a whole room. Yeah. Yeah. Siege was great. And now, now look where we're at right right like, absolutely the hobby has changed significantly even the past couple of years mm-hmm. you know do you think it's because of uh youtube research like um uh, the resurgence due to like youtube channels that deal with board games and stuff like the but- i think i think the media coverage came because the hobby was growing okay right i think the hobby the hobby's growing honestly as, as bad as it sounds right it started growing because of the recession People weren't going out as much. Right. Right. Sure. They wanted to be able to do stuff more in their house. Mm -hmm. Um, People were more about like, you know, let's get friends and family around the table type thing. Right. Um, And that's where we saw this resurgence of board games and video games, quite honestly. Yeah. What can we do at home without going out and spending money? Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if I can spend, you know, if I can spend even 60 bucks on a game, right. That'll last me for a long time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, I think that's, that's what really grew the hobby. And then it, you know, I do see... I think in the next year or so we'll we'll see it plateau. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Absolutely. I, I think it's it's we're getting to the point where there needs to be another renaissance happening. We're reaching the end of our current renaissance. Okay. What do you think would trigger that? Do you think I think board games would kind of dip down for a while? Someone else would take its place. I don't think it'll dip down. I think I think it'll it'll stay where it's at. Okay. Do I think that there's a bubble that's going to burst? Yeah, probably. But for me, like, I don't see this as an investment. Oh, no. There are plenty no. of gamers who are like, this is this is an investment no. for me. Right. right. I mean... Like, it is, right? It, it, it totally is, but I have no intention... Like, investment th- to me is I'm going to put money into something, do stuff with it, and maybe sell it for a profit later. Sure. I'm not going to do that. Right. Well, um, think of it like, like magic boxes, right? People will buy magic boxes as if they are, like, stock. Okay. And then they'll go back and sell them later for double or triple. Oh, sure. Because that's just how that market works. Right? Now, there is that thing where, like, some of the games I look at for, like, you know, nostalgic purposes that are out of print, they're real expensive. Sure. I have a board game that, that's that's going for, like, 250 bucks. Yeah. Right? Um, I've played it once in my life. But it's opened. But it's open. So, yeah. But it, it opened, it's going for 250 Oh, okay. Closed, it's going for, like, 400 Wow. But it's one of those things where, like, 
it's been sitting under my bed. Mm-hmm. Like it's moved with me multiple times. It's it's not like one of those things where, like, I'm not keeping like an active monetary number of like, all right, this game's worth this much. This game's worth this much. Right. You're you know not doing I mean? it for the money. Not and I mean in Magic, I do that. Right. right? Like I'm very tied to like you know card prices. Mm-hmm. You're doing like, the stocks. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't do that with board games. And that's there's totally a market out there for oh, it. Oh yeah. I find that board games are just like much more enjoyable for me. Oh, sure. Right. Sure. I mean, sure. My fucking, my shelf of shame is, you know, <laughs> 14 titles long right now. Right. But at the same time, like there's going to be, I'm going through a period now where I'm acquiring a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. but there's going to be a dry spell because nothing's going to come out. Right. Like nothing that you're interested in. Yeah. Right. De- December through about June is like a dry spell for me. I see. I typically buy all my stuff in the back half of the year. Okay. Um, and that's just how it's worked out. Like, you know, the uh, games typically get released, you know, in the summer. Okay. Summer to holiday. Okay. Right? That's the hot time. Yeah. yeah. And then the rest the of the time they're, of the they're developing and right. getting ready that for, makes sense. for the next year. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. It's good to ride that wave. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really follow games a lot except for when I hear them about from you or from, you know, conventions or if, you know, there's a YouTube channel that says meaning, something about meaning it. Meaning you don't follow like the industry is right. what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't look at real, like I, I'll, if there's a, I'm more excited about like when a cool theme is coming out or a really cool artwork is coming out, but I don't really follow companies individually. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So you don't like, uh, you're not saying that you don't have brand loyalty. Is that what you're saying? Oh, no, no. I do have, br- I don't follow like, um, like you don't follow like Gray Fox to see right. what their new next game is. Right. You're just looking, like you may look at the brand afterwards. The game hits me, the advertisements of the game hit me, hits me first, right? And I see the, the artwork and the layout and what kind of game it is. And then if I see that it's a brand that I know that I like, then mm-hmm. I'll be even more on board for that. Yeah. But I don't look at that first. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, there's no like specific brands that I'm like, oh, only these guys, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. One interesting thing, I, we've never formally talked about this. I follow this rule pretty, pretty drastically. Okay. You know, I kind of consider our libraries to be shared. Okay. Um, meaning that I would never buy a game that you have. Okay. For example, okay. you you backed Court of the Dead, You're right? right? I canceled my pledge to Court of the Dead, right? Because I was planning on getting it, but then you said you were getting it. Yeah. I don't feel like in a game group, right? One person's game is not going to get played. That's true. That's right? true. Like I have other people I game with, mm-hmm. but not to the point of like, it's worth it for me to get this. I have, I have 114 games in my collection. Right. 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 I don't need to have that one game just to sure. duplicate it for the. And the other thing too, is like, if you end up really liking something, pick it up down the line later, if need be. I don't think I'd ever do that though. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'd ever pick up Scythe. Really? Yeah. Just because you have it. Right. And who else am I going to play it with? That's true. You know what I mean? Like, play with my my other gaming friends, but more than likely they have a copy. Somebody has it, right? That's what what it is. That makes sense. So, while, you know, I have a bunch of games, I try not to duplicate them. And I think that's something that uh, Fantasy Flight's trying trying to combat, right? With this new, like, unique game thing. What do you mean by that? So um, there's just uh, they're starting this unique line of games, right? Okay. So they have a new game coming out where each game is different, not the mechanics. Like all the mechanics are the same, 
all the the rules are the same okay but there might be different cards or different pieces or different spaces oh and so they're all like different versions right oh boy and every game is unique oh that's dirty right <laughs> that's so, a dirty trick right there so that I, I think they're starting to see that, right? They're uh-huh. starting to see that these game groups are getting smarter and like, why would I buy? Oh. Why Why are two people in the same game group going to buy a game? An identical game. An identical game. But if they had like Super Scythe or something like that, right. you might pick that up because right. it's different. But then it, it, it becomes a scenario, right? Not that the publishers care. Right. But it becomes a scenario of, well, I like Johnny's version more than I like Dave's version. Mm-hmm right mm-hmm. um, you're never gonna please everybody it's just interesting like it's how... a neat trick but it's, it's dirty yeah but it's interesting to see like how the hobby is evolving like that right oh, yeah like you know the the other big thing that we're seeing is a bigger focus on there's there's two real types of games right there are your heavy big box multiple hour long games mm-hmm. there's filler games True, yeah. Right? And then off of there, it branches off into oh, a thousand yeah. genres. Right, but right. those are the two big things. I think RPGs are also big, but I think they're a completely different thing I altogether. think it's a completely different scenario, yeah. right? I'm talking boxed board games. Right. Right? From there, right, it branches off into a million different things. But sure. most things fall into those two categories. Yeah. What's funny is that most companies fit into one of those two categories. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Right? Sure. So, like, somebody like... Like Fantasy Flight, it's heavier. Game right is lighter. Uh, yeah. Game yeah. right is probably half and half. Game right's probably like the exception to the rule. Okay. Um, but like you look at somebody like you know like Druid City, okay. right? Uh, uh, Grim Forest, mm-hmm. Everdell, that kind of stuff. Right. Feel like that's on the heavier side. It's not heavy, right? But right. It's, but it's, it's on it, that side. It's not a filler game. Right. Then you look at somebody like Pocket Games, right? They do all the the wallet size. Oh, a little like, tiny. Dude. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're over here in the filler games. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting that, like, that's that's what it's come down to is we have a thousand publishers now. Right. But they fit into two big categories. That's true. That makes you sense. Know? Yeah. Um, and that's generally, I mean, that's kind of the population, too. Yeah. There are some people that don't want to think. They just want to play a game. Yeah. Um, and there's some people that want to do the opposite. Yeah. Want to sit down and do the business. But also, you know. Very... I kind of feel, I have different days. Sometimes I want to do one or the other. Yeah. You know, the, the, the solo thing is a big thing that's coming up and coming you yeah. know pe- people is like it up and coming is it like becoming a big thing or is it always been kind of like an under like not an underground but like a it's 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 been there right mm-hmm. but it hasn't been something that's been included because publishers didn't think that people wanted that right right they assume that you're buying this game to play, play with, with the people, people. The table. which is usually what i do yeah but it's nice to have I, I do like the solo modes sometimes just like the scythe one you know you can develop your skills with it i, I prefer solo modes in lighter games actually okay um, like there's a solo mode for Imperial Assault. I don't think I'd ever play it. Yeah. Cause I don't want to be with myself for that long. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I do like, mean. I mean, I played, I played that descent single player campaign and I beat it. Thank right. goodness. I never want to play it again. I just wanted to beat it. Right. Exactly. I just wanted to beat it. Like, and, I, and, and, and that's what I feel like a lot of the solo modes are, right? Mm-hmm. Is it's, it's like you against, against the game, right? And there's a set amount or whatever, right. but that is something that people are starting to include everywhere. Mm-hmm. Most games are coming out with single player versions, and okay. if they don't, they're including it in an expansion. I see. Interesting. Yeah, I can. S- I've had hit or misses with su- if they're super puzzly and I have to think really hard. Yeah, I'm not into it. It just, it just is too much calculating for me. The one bad thing that's happening to to the industry mm-hmm. that I do not like mm-hmm. is all these companies. Yep. 
these gigantic companies like Cool Mini or not, mm-hmm. right, are using Kickstarter as a pre-order platform. Oh. So, you know, Kickstarter is is meant for to help like smaller companies yeah. get get right. get stuff off the ground. Sure. Right? But you think the bigger companies are taking it over? Cool Mini or not, right? Right. There is no there's never a question that they are going to hit their goal. Right. Right. They could probably buy out their own goal. Right. Right. It's a glorified pre-order system for them. Okay. Now, do I have a problem with that? To a point. Okay. You know, I think. Does it affect the other companies? Does it damper them at all? Well, when it comes out around the same time, it definitely can. I see. You know, if, if you launch your Kickstarter next to a cool mini or not Kickstarter, you're going to have a bad time. Right. Because that cool mini or not Kickstarter, first of all, it's going to be at least a hundred dollars. Right. At least, mm-hmm. if not more, because Cool Mini not just does big, big miniature mi- games, yep. right? Yep. So that hits people's wallets, mm-hmm. right? And then they have no more cash for and your then little, they have, you know, and game. when Cool Mini or not is throwing in, you know, all these stretch goals, sure. and, you know what I mean? Sure. These, these essentially pre-order bonuses. Mm-hmm. I can I can see it. Like I, I see the the appeal there. The other side of me, like, like I've been trying to avoid doing that. Is it a moral conflict? That's tough, right? And are they going on Kickstarter rather than their own websites just to grab that audience? Because people audience? are there. Yeah. yeah. And, and when you think about it, it's right? It's smart. It's cutthroat, but it's smart. Yeah, it's it's a 10% fee, basically, to, to have them host everything for you. Right. Which, I get it. I would be very interested to see somebody like Cool Money Not or Gray Fox or some, somebody of that like caliber, mm-hmm. right, create their own system. Like a different website or just on their website or on their website. Yeah. Right. I'm like, surprised. yeah. Like you already have a web store. Mm-hmm. Right. I get that you like Kickstarters are great because like, you know, 30 days and a lot of, a lot of these games aren't producing for a year. Right. That's, that's huge. Like right? I, I know you've probably run into this where you order something on Kickstarter and you forgot you got it. I have to. So, um, I, I was looking the other day, actually, uh-huh. at we were comparing Kickstarters with our friends from Myrtle Beach, okay. and um, I was like, "Oh, I forgot I kickstarted this." <laughs> and then I looked, and it's shipping out in like a couple weeks. And That's I was like, "Kind of neat, it's like right? a little present." It just shows up at your door. Yeah. Um, I don't get like people love to get into like the community, and like there's like Facebook groups and subreddits, and they like all talk about this game that's not coming out for another eleven months. I'd rather wait till I get it. I can't do that. I don't like that. And, I also and, don't like watching movie trailers for movies that aren't coming out for of the year i'm like uh, well i think you just get too ingrained into it you know what i mean you get really ingrained and really like hyped about this game and then it's like when when the smallest misstep happens right when the smallest delay happens it like you start flipping out Uh, yeah yeah lords of hellas is a great example okay right so lords of hellas was a game that i backed in june of 2017 holy monkeys right so june 2017 to back the game Mm -hmm. pledge manager came out in september or august okay Uh, Pledge managers basically they're they launch after the campaign. Okay. And it's how companies help like you you like say I pledged 140 bucks, right? And I want the base game and this many add-ons and all that okay. stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's typically how you pay for shipping and sure. stuff like that. So all that's handled in the pledge manager. That closed in like November or December, right? And you could do either one wave or two wave shipping. So you okay. can either say, I want my core box with everything. Like layer. all the expansions and the stretch goals and everything, or, or I want to pay shipping twice and I'll get it in two shipments. So I'll get all the stretch goals and stuff later. And I'll take the core box. It's already ready to go now. I think I would have rather do that. Right. So originally I did it all in one. Okay. Cause I was like, I'm willing to wait. No big deal. 
whatever. Mm-hmm. Completely forgot about it. Logged in. Kickstarter, I was just backing something else, and I saw there was an update for it where they pushed back the delivery date until February of next year. Oh, boy. For all the expansions and right, specials right. and stuff. And I was like, man. Shit, it's gotten the base like, game. <laughs> is, that really, is that really worth it to me? Right. right. And uh, so then they were like, look, sorry, we're, we're pushing this back. We're going to reopen the pledge manager, and if you want to switch, you can switch. Okay. So I switched, and that's how I got it. And I'm happy I did that, right, because it allowed me to get the game quicker. Yeah. But there's people that are still complaining that like you originally said that it was going to ship next month and it's like stuff dude, happens yeah, they you, gave you an out you gotta understand like the granted this isn't their first game right. but it is a large yeah large miniature sure game, you know what i mean with a lot of moving pieces and they're yep. changing rules and they're getting they want to make sure everything's right and i appreciate that yeah absolutely i appreciate that a thousand percent um and companies like that i, I want to see succeed Are you sure but then the cool money or not people are gonna buy your game anyways people, yeah. are, people are gonna buy zombicide right you know what I mean? People mm-hmm. are going to buy the next cross. There's a new Zombicide coming out in space. <laughs> of course there is. <laughs> Tell me who's not going to buy that. I want it now. Everyone's going to buy that. That's so good. But why does it need to be on Kickstarter? It doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't, right? They just want that exposure, that audience to jump on that. And I get it. I, I get but it. But it's what it is. Yeah. You know, it's just the way the world works. But it'll be interesting to see, like, in a year, like, what's... Do, are people still using Kickstarter as, like, the marketing tool that it is now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see you know just how where we are now where are we going to be in a year sure right so yeah speaking of which what do you pre- where do you see things going in the next let's say two or three years like do you see a decline in where board games have you know drawn, become this big i think you're gonna he- see an uptick in quality okay um and that's just because china is getting better and better every day okay um and obviously they're the, they're the cheapest okay it does take longer because it has to go on a ship and sure. over here yeah but they are getting really good really good really good you know stuff. they're getting really good at like doing small stuff that you don't even think about like uv spotting right right which looks super cool looks great yeah you know card quality is going up miniature right. quality is going up mm-hmm. you know and and it's getting cheaper and quicker and more efficient right um so i think your component quality is going to go through the roof sure they can only get better i think that we're going to start to see a slowdown. Oh yeah. In um, games that come out. Okay. And I think that you're going to start to see it's going to be similar to like remember when comic book movies first started coming out, mm-hmm. like this new wave, right? The yeah. the new like yep. Disney esque yep. movies, right? Where everybody starts to get a little bit of the same, mm-hmm. and then there's the one guy who does something completely really different, different, right? Sure. Like just the, to pump more energy because everyone got tired of those superhero movies. The Deadpool, yeah. right? Deadpool, right? Deadpool was like the reinvigoration mm-hmm. of the comic book hero. Yeah, right. I could say that. Yeah, different um, different type of movie altogether. So that's that's bound to happen at some point. Sure. I would like to see people move away from this whole like let's take a bunch of mechanics and throw them together. Okay. Like right now when you when you see a game right it's typically like a whole bunch of mechanics reengineered thrown together right. Sure. The only I, thing that's going to change is the theme at one point. I can't remember the last time I saw a really innovative mechanic. Okay. I would assume more people would have gone the electronic route and have like some sort of app that it attaches to their game that allows them to do things that way. That's that's happening now. Yeah. That's happening now a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a hard time uh, supporting that. Where you want your board game to be a board game? I want to be like I want to be able to play my board game even if you go under. For example, Gollum Arcana. Okay. Right? Oh, even if your company goes under. Even okay. if your company goes under. Not okay. if I go underwater. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gollum Arcana released on Kickstarter. Yep. Backed great. Mm-hmm. Everything shipped. 
app was a bunch of crap. I, and that just killed the game. It killed the, killed game, the game, right? People got irritated with it. They yeah. tried to fix it a couple of times, still had problems with it. Right. And then the company went under, right? Yep. So now all these people have these had, figures. Had these figures. They, pumped they look cool. Hundreds of dollars into. That they can't do anything with. Sure, they can do stuff with them now. But they're just figures. But the game isn't there. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And um, something like Expedition, okay. right? Yep. You can't play Expedition without the app. You need the app. You have yeah. to have the app, right? They have all these new expansions coming out for it. Yeah, and that's a successful thing happening, right? right? But what happens, right? If the app goes under, if the app, you know, you're left with these cards. You, you can still play Don't Wake Daddy. <laughs> yes, we can. Right? Yes, we can. 20 years later, 30 right. years later, you'll still be able to play Don't Wake yep. Daddy. Mm-hmm. In 20 years, mm-hmm. are you still going to be able to play Expedition? Nope. Probably not. Nope. Nope. I don't so, think so. I think, I think the apps are great when they don't affect gameplay. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. Like um, apps that like give you... That, like, uh, you're talking about games that like rely on the app. Right. Yeah. Because like I like the Descent, I like the Imperial Assault, the apps for those. That's great, but they're not requirements. I can still play Descent without right. the app. Exactly, it's um, just a neat little. Add-on. It's a neat little thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's nice that it's free. I do like board games as apps, though. Right. Uh, okay. Like a board game, like 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 Splendor and um, and Scythe and Scythe. stuff like that. I haven't played Scythe on computer yet. Yeah. I don't know if I'd like it. I don't think you would. I don't think so. I liked uh, Soro. I like Soro on there. Yeah. Yeah. Soro's a fun little, like, quick I don't thing. know if it's just the Tixie Baxies. I just like the physical interaction of Scythe. Like, I like actually the tactile well, and, moving things. And, right. and to be fair, mm-hmm. right, you've spent a lot of money on that game. Not as much. I got the game for free. <laughs> actually, have you spent any money on that game? I don't think so. <laughs> you haven't spent anything on Scythe. No, but you have my favorite game. <laughs> super pumped up. I don't think I put a single dollar into that game. The insert, the foam insert. Jenny got that for me. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm never going to. <laughs> you literally haven't spent a dime on this game. That's why it's your favorite. It's my favorite. <laughs> it was a super bargain. Um, but that that you know, it's super pimped out, yes. right? So why would you ever want to play a digital version? I have uh, like some friends that don't live here that would want to play it, but I would much rather them come over and visit and play. Right. It's just an all, yeah. But I don't think I'd like it. I'd have to, you know, I'm not going to mock it because I haven't even seen it. Right. I would be willing to give it it's a beautiful. shot. It's beautiful. I just got to, I just have to see how I like it. Yeah. You know, it's just like, you know, D&D went this route, right? Where it's yeah. like, buy the books online so you can use all our tools. I didn't like that. My biggest problem, and I, 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 I don't know product control. I don't really know how this would work, but I just feel like it was kind of a low blow to like have, but I have friends that bought all these books and then the app comes out, and they can't somehow prove that they own the book and put it into the app. There's no, like, code. Right. Which I feel there should be. I, I buy music books all the time, and then they have a code in them. I put them in my li- library online, and it gives me PDFs of everything. Well, it's just like uh, Pokemon, the card game. Okay. There's little inserts in there yeah. where you get to redeem the booster pack in the digital version as well. It's the same Why thing. Why didn't they do something like that? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's because they came too far apart, or I don't know. No. They just want to make money. They just want to make money. It's 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 a completely separate thing to mm-hmm. them, right? And right. it shouldn't be. Charge me fifteen bucks more and give me the digital version. Yeah, right. Why not? Yeah, but it's what they do. But it's just like you know, Scythe, the digital version is like fifteen bucks. Okay, it doesn't include both expansions and everything, like the extra factions that aren't in the base game. Uh, 
the it includes the extra factions doesn't include like the wing gamut stuff that's that i think that's like five bucks more or something I like see, that I see. but still still that's th- not yeah. it's 15 bucks yeah. it's not having to rebuy scythe right that, i to, agree it's not having to pay 60 see, bucks yeah that seems you know a little I mean? hefty but it'll be interesting to see where the where the gaming industry goes. Mm-hmm. I hope we're still here. I I love board gaming. It's... I do too. I think we also approach it from different standpoints. Like I look at it more from the pop culture side of things, and you look at it more from the industry side of things. Whereas I've noticed, even though it had a big flux of popularity, I've known a lot of people like you know loving board games online and stuff. I've seen it kind of plateau, and I don't see it. I agree. Growing. I agree. It's I think plateaued. it's kind of like you know I'm wor- like I RPGs with the big resurgence of D and D stuff is still kind of going strong. I think. But I don't think. Um... I think the one thing you'd be surprised of. Okay. And 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 I don't mean any offense when I say this. Right. Is you haven't experienced a convention. Right. Which I'm excited to do. So and and I, I, granted, I've never been to PAX Unplugged. Mm-hmm. Um. But there's there's so many different gamers out there. Okay. Right. Right. Like there were people at Gen Con mm-hmm. who were buying Machi Koro. The the like the levels of gamers mm-hmm. right go higher than us mm-hmm. like much higher and go way lower than us mm. like there's people that are like casual play game once a month yeah right then there are people that are we have a standing game night you know yeah which is you know when you get to be you know a working a working man and you have the families and stuff it, it's hard to keep that stuff going well and that's why they have the the they have this schedule they have things. to make it they a, have to have a, a ritual thing. right but then that becomes like a much deeper thing they're mm-hmm. like all right we're gonna play x y and z games we're gonna play these games in between right you know what i mean but there, there's there's a, a huge swath of people that are you know enveloped in the gaming industry okay you know there are people that would love an app-based game sure people that would you know even me i love weave weave is weave's good fantastic yep but you know it's it's one of those things where it's like the industry is only going to grow if we continue to innovate. Absolutely. I I don't see it declining anytime soon. Okay. At least not in the next 12 months. Okay. I do see it curling off and plateauing. And I think what's going to happen is we're going to end up seeing a definite release season. Okay. You know, because that, that's, that's the biggest thing, right? Is like so many people, so many games don't have street dates. Okay. It's like this release is in October. We don't have an exact date yet. Remember right? when albums released? Like music albums? <laughs> yeah, well, on, uh, on Tuesdays. Yeah. Hooray. It, was, it was always on Tuesdays. Yeah. Same thing with Blu-rays and DVDs. Yep. Right? Always on Tuesdays. Video games were always on Fridays. Midnight release. I remember going to those. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's it's stuff like that where yep. like you have to have a set day, first mm-hmm. of all. And then the, the whole industry just has to, has to abide by that. Right? right. It makes it easier for retailers if they know... You know, the next Imperial Assault is going to hit my stores on August the 14th. Right, right. I can take pre-orders for it then. Mm-hmm. I know that, you know, we can have a big this big event around it, and they can have, you know, weeks and weeks leading up to it. Sure. Right now, retailers don't know if they're going to get it in stock that week or not. Yeah, so it's hard for them to... Yeah, they, they they may not know, but ten days in advance that they're going to get something. Okay, you know what I mean. They they make a pre order with their distributor, mm-hmm. but then they don't know it's coming. That makes it difficult, and it makes it difficult on on the gamers too because mm-hmm. it's like I've heard a lot about this game. I really want it, right? You know, and then nobody knows about it. It releases the the hardcore gamers go out and get it, right? Right, and it's gone, and then it's gone. It's yep. sold out, and then you have it. to wait another six months for another reprint, right. right? And it's the it's the most frustrating thing about being a board gamer is that if you're not into it 
you're you, gonna miss you, it you miss out yep. and then you feel defeated you're like oh man like yeah. i missed it like i'm really disappointed or you go to ebay and pay double the price yeesh yeah you know well that's why i'm friends with you because you can just take care of all that for me <laughs> i haven't played it i haven't paid a dollar <laughs> <laughs> i haven't bought anything I in my collection <sighs> Oh boy, God, oh, that's so funny that we just realized that. Yeah, but you think there's going to be like a like an ebb and a flow to it. There's going to be some some big release seasons and yeah, I, I do think that you know I, I think the release season now where it is of like the the June to November, mm-hmm. I think that's going to stay pretty pretty stagnant. Okay, um, I do think the big thing is going to be people are going to start adding street dates. Okay, and, and I, that'll, I hope, I hope that'll they do. add some hype. That'll add some and it, it allows, you know board game store yeah events it allows, to be it allows planned. your retailers to get more sure. into it because um, that's the thing is you need to the whole thing about a local game store is the community. You know you want to yep. get the people involved in it and if there if there's no events happening if there's no things i'm not gonna go yeah you know agree because it's gonna you're never gonna be able to beat the prices of some of these online things but in order to get your um was it loyalty from your local gamers you just need to well i I think that that you know developers can help with that too with you know pre-order promos and things like that sure. like get it from your local game store that kind of thing yeah, yeah exactly yeah, absolutely and, and and it's you know pennies for the developers to create these sure. things right right why not just just add them in just you know throw them in and then you know when you're given a street date then the mm-hmm. they can start promoting it you know right. and and maybe have a, a release party or whatever right. um but yeah i agree you know i, I try to support my my atlantis my sure. my local game store as much as i can mm-hmm. but at the same time, if if I don't know that you're going to have this, right, then uh, I'm going to pre-order something that can guarantee right, it. Exactly, absolutely, and that's just how it goes sometimes. Because yeah. when it comes down to it, it is business. So, any parting words before I murder you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't yeah. think so. I think I enjoy games. I know you know the next generation of uh, games are universal, right? Games have always been around in one form or another. Yeah, and I think as much as technology has grown physical games will always have a place somewhere so even though it might have its ups and downs in terms of popularity and the whole business side of things yeah i think we're we're good to just keep drinking and keep playing look at magic (laughs) yeah it's been around forever magic is an online online thing for years sure you know sure and then they just released this new like arena type thing Mm -hmm. right their puzzle quest thing too that too yeah but people are still playing magic sure and that's nuts yeah they haven't change the game all that much i mean there's there's sure, new there's abilities and things new abilities new mechanics but, but when it comes down to it you're playing it's magic still gathering. magic yeah. right yeah um and and you know that's another thing where i could i could see that living on for sure. at least another 20 Keep years going on some right? sort of iteration of that absolutely yeah. i'm excited to see where the where the hobby goes and excited to see where uh we go as lovers and um, i i can't wait to start a family with you yeah <laughs> We and, can have our kids play. Um, uh, uh, frustration, ex- aggravation. Excited. You know, I, I, I do think again. Like, like you said, I'm much more into the industry. Sure. Right. You know, I think that I don't know. I could see it being something that you'd be interested in. Ah, I'm, I'm interested in it. Yeah. I also just don't know how a lot of internets work. <laughs> I'm very excited for you to come to PAX. I can't wait. I can't. It's, yeah, I'm it's, very it's excited. It's gonna be super fun. Yes. Even, even for just a weekend of gaming. Sure. But aside from that, like you'll be able to see like the things that that true. We've, we've I need to open about. my horizons. Open my. I need to open myself wide. 
right, guys. Well, be sure to check out our YouTube channel for our board game and beer pairing episodes. Yeah. Be sure to, to give us some feedback, guys. Like, if there's something that you don't like or something you do like, let us know. We, we, we'd be excited to hear from you guys and uh, figure out what we can do to make this better. Absolutely. We want to hear from you guys. Yeah. Because we're just listening to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, good beers. Good games. Great Great times. times.